Patrick Bowler is here. Hello, Patrick. Hey, guys. How you doing, Andre? Ian? Um, Good to have you. He is from... So the company is Annika. Yeah, it's it's Annika. Annika. Um, but, but that's okay. Everyone kind of mis, mispronounce it, uh, mispronounces it. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something I'm used to. I immediately think of the nerdiest thing ever, which is the first name of Seven of Nine from Star Trek Voyager when she was a little girl. Her name was Annika. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that. You guys want to know how I came up with the name? Go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's actually a, a combination of my mom's uh, first and middle names. So her name was Rebecca Ann. Okay. And so I just switched Ann and just lopped off the, the Reb. And then, uh, you know, out came Aneka. So wow. I did that about six years. Yeah, I did that about six years ago. Yeah, I like um, that. That's like that's a good approach. Because that's like it's meaningful to you and yet it's not yeah. really a word. So it doesn't have any right. any recognition. <laughs> I factor. always worry about that approach. Like I don't know, that feels like that's even extra pressure there with that approach. Well, it's not like yeah, because, it's not like naming yeah, your yeah, firstborn. And, that, and, and that's and that you know, it's funny you say that because that was kind of my um thinking is that, you know, I'm, I'm tackling this big thing of starting my own business. Like I wanted, you know, I wanted something, um, you know, very personal connected to it because, um, I, it, it was kind of like a, a, a sort of a mental trap, I guess. Like mm. it would, it would force me to like, not, uh, just abandon it, you know, quite so easily. Right. Um, as it just had that, that personal, uh, feeling to it. Um, and I don't know, it must've worked out because, you know, six years later, yeah. I'm, I'm still running an agency and it's, it's the longest gig I've ever, right. I've ever been <laughs> It works. Yeah. I think it's the same like for all of those, us. Yeah. When we buy those uh, $10 domains that we don't actually do anything with them, surprisingly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I have a few of those. <laughs> so now I thought it was interesting about, so I want to get into the product stuff too, but on your, um, on the NECA site, Am I saying that right? Aneka? Yes. Yes. All right. On the Aneka site, um, that you guys kind of, I assume you don't only do this, but that you f have a specialization in membership sites, which is kind of a unique uh, niche. Yeah. So this, and it's it's evolving, basically. Um, so I'm taking uh, the Double Your free Freelancing Rate Academy, mm -hmm. uh, where it's all about, you know, finding your niche, finding your positioning, uh, and then working towards it. So... Um, when, you know, when I started six years ago, it was just general consultancy firm. I mean, you know, we all know the story, Hey, I can write code. I can write code for, for anything. And, right. you know, you just kind of take projects as they come along. Um, you know, but since doing this course, you know, you, you kind of have to, to, you know, sort of find your customer base. So, um, you know, we have experience in real estate, which, uh, real estate data, which we'll get into. Um, but we've also done a lot of what I started to classify as membership sites uh, in Expression Engine, Craft, and even, I mean, even in Ruby on Rails. I mean, I you can kind of classify like SaaS apps or these uh, startup, you know, like a lot of startup sites as membership sites in a way. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. So it's a way to sort of, um, you know, uh, while we were going through this course and, and, you know, we may try to, you know, we're in the middle of transitioning to real estate. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we still have to make payroll and, 
uh, and keep the lights on. So I decided to just do a small step uh, and just, um, you know, change our, mar- our wording just a tad, um, you know, and focus on membership sites. And actually, it really kind of helped in that suddenly, like my testimonials, like made sense, you know, right. and the copy started flowing a little bit easier. And it was like, oh, okay, like, uh, once you start thinking about, um, you know, a specific niche or a specific, uh, a specific positioning, uh, all of the problems just suddenly become really apparent. And if you, you know, as you do SaaS app, this is what you do when you do a SaaS app. I mean, you, you, you figure out like what, you know, your customers are, who your customers are and like what they need. And then like, you know, out of all of those things your customers need, like what are the two, one or two things that you can do like really, really well for them. So it's amazing. It was like, um, you know, it, it was kind of like, uh, I, I, I kind of look at it as like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now building a grown up business, you know, right. <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, all businesses, they, they, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have like an ice cream shop that serves fried chicken, although that would actually be kind of amazing. That's a good but, idea. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> In Philadelphia, there's a, there's a great, uh, donut shop and all they do is do donuts and fried chicken so oh my gosh okay pretty, pretty yeah. awesome next time i'm in philly i'm looking that up yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah that that's just kind of the point so i'm I'm in this transition period um this uh this evolution i guess so i first met you well we were twitter buddies for a while but then i first met you at piers 14 i guess when you were giving a talk right yeah um, yeah it was the one in philadelphia actually yeah that oh, was an go. awesome talk and then I, I i tracked you down afterwards because that talk did make it up on the on the peers archives i didn't see it on there but i really liked it because i was in a state of mind back then of hiring somebody and your talk was on freelancer plus one sort of hiring your first yeah. person so i tracked you down and got you to send me your keynote and everything like that uh but ian how long have you known pat Oh, geez, I don't know. I definitely a long time, but I have no idea how I know you. <laughs> just, just from like around or something. I don't know. So even back I'm then, like, I'm like one of those sci-fi movies where I'm just in the background of all, right? all of your pictures somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I, Piers is probably the first time I ever met you. I think, right, in person, or am I yeah. misremembering? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Piers was definitely the first time I've met you guys in person, and I've I've been following along on the podcast for a long time, and I signed on to the uh, Bootstrap forum, you know, yeah. when you guys announced it, and um, it, it's a weird thing. Like Twitter creates this environment where you feel like you know someone for a really long time, and you yes. may not have actually met them in person. Right. Um, and and I think I even remember like interacting with you guys because. Uh, Ian, I think you posted a picture of Andre when he was younger or something, and it was like you, Andre. You looked like a, a someone out of Central Casting for like Law and Order, like yeah, you know. Yeah, I that and I, I just remember that was pretty funny, and I think that was the first time we actually maybe engaged directly right. on Twitter. Was was just messing around. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think you also. I saw you do like, or you did at least some Expression Engine kind of stuff, which I was always around that community indirectly a lot. So. But even at Piers, you were, um, they were doing that uh, shark thing, the pitch business shark. Yes. What is it called? 
Angry uh, Sharks. Shark Tank. <laughs> um, <laughs> Angry Sharks. So, Jungle Shark Tank. Yeah. So you 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 were you were presenting your uh, the real estate API business thing that you were doing, and even then, I still remember that being a best thing I heard yeah. all day. That was the most thought. thought it was the most you know, thought out. Thought. It was like yeah. It was. Is that what you're you're still transitioning to that? That's what you're referring to when you say yeah, real estate. We're, yeah, we're actually you know that's going really well. We've got um, we we're on set to break uh, you know uh, three thousand in recurring revenue. Um, we which which is a pretty big milestone. I, I never really yeah. thought we'd get to this point. Um, so what, what was the idea know, behind and, that business? It's called it's well, called Red Rabbit. Yes, it's called Red Rabbit. So what we do is we. Uh, we import real estate listings directly from the MLS. Um, and then once we import the data, we can give our customers, so agencies, uh, developers, uh, basically an API key, uh, access to an API. Uh, it's a REST API. It's JSON. It's everything you're kind of familiar with, um, you know, if you've ever worked with third-party APIs. And you can build uh, really integrated, really great uh, real estate searches in your website without having to use iframes, without having to use subdomains. Um, you know, so it's really good for mobile uh, stuff and really responsive and really, um, you know, it also improves SEO because you're not you're not embedding an iframe that Google can't see or you're, you know, you're not going to a subdomain that Google, you know, may you know, may mark down. So the idea, um, the idea is that MLS is a, is a, is a dirty data set. Like it's not, uh, it's yeah, formed I mean, properly. Yeah. And, so there's like over 700 MLSs in the country and each MLS, um, it's changing a little bit, but typically has different data schemas, even with, so they all use this technology called RETS, which stands for real estate transaction service. But it doesn't, it's a standard, but it doesn't go that extra step of specifying a, a consistent data schema. So you may have one MLS that has the price is represented as list price, uh, while another MLS, the price field is PR07 or something crazy like that, you know. Um, so what we do is we, we kind of smooth out all of those problems. Um, you know, we, uh, our newest version of our API, we're actually mapping um, data to a to what's called the data dictionary, which is the industry's. Uh, it's becoming a standard uh, to basically standardize the data across MLSs. Um, and the newest version of our API actually supports the newest um, uh, standard for real estate APIs um, that Rezo is is building. So we're we're embracing an open standard, and we're um, we're trying to move the real estate industry. Uh, along with several other companies into modern era. <laughs> so when you talked about this uh, um, at Piers, I remember the thing that stood out, like the moment it hit me, like like this guy really thought this through, was when I think Ian mentioned, well, don't don't your clients need some sort of credentials to access this MLS stuff? Because it's not like public available data. You need like licenses right. for real estate and whatever. And like, how are you going to get around that hurdle? And what, how are you going to enforce that and whatnot? And you're like, I'm just going to pass it on to them. Like it's their responsibility yeah. to be able. And I'm like, he thought this through, like this sounds, this is well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. And it came from um, kind of necessity because um, if we were to get the RETS credentials ourselves for every MLS, uh, we would have to, um, uh, 
there are these things called vendor fees. Um, and each MLS has a different um, fee structure. So, but what most MLSs allow for are consultants or third parties, if they're working on behalf of a brokerage, uh, the brokerage can oftentimes, um, you know, uh, just have their own REDS credentials, and then they are allowed to pass it off to a third party, as long as the third party uh, signs a data licensing agreement. So we've through a little trial and error, we, we sort of realized that that was the best approach for us since we're a small company. Um, and, um, you know, oftentimes it's a lot faster for a brokerage to come to us with RETS credentials. Um, and then our API actually just automatically checks the RETS credentials before it, you know, um, you know, if, if there's a new request for an access token, um, you know, we do periodic checks just to make sure the RETS credentials are still valid and our you know, um, our customers still have access to the MLS. So, uh, and then we're also in talks with MLSs of, you know, allowing them greater control over, um, you know, sort of validating um, customers on our system. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 an ever-evolving process. MLSs sometimes don't know exactly what to do with us necessarily because we're not a traditional IDX vendor. So, um I've, I've had some interesting conversations with some people who are like, hey, my boss, uh, it's a good thing you weren't around when my boss was here because he would just shut you guys down. <laughs> he would just turn off your feet. <laughs> but uh, and, and then that kind of opens up a conversation of like, hey, well, we don't want that to happen. Like, how can we make you guys comfortable? Because at the end of the day, these MLSs are uh, fiduciaries of this data. This data is not owned by the brokerage or the MLS. They're owned by the homeowner. And they have a legal requirement to um, make sure that data is used properly and used uh, safety. So um, I, my job is to put them at ease and to communicate that, you know, we understand that very well. And, you know, we're not here to um, do anything, you know, inappropriate with their, with their information. This week, Bootstrapped is sponsored by Linode. Um, if you're looking for virtual machine hosting, I uh, definitely ought to check out Linode. They have eight data centers. Um, all the plan, the base plan starts at two gigabytes of RAM, and it goes up from there into very large servers. Really straightforward pricing, 10 bucks a month um, to start. And that's actually built hourly. So if you want to spin up a, a server just to play around with a side project and spin it back down, you're only going to pay, uh, you know, for the fraction of, of time you used on that. Um, they recently switched uh, from Zen to KVM and have seen you know 300% performance increases uh, with the servers uh, we use at Userscape um, run on Linode. And we did that conversion and it's amazing. We were able to actually lower uh, the size of many of our servers down to just the base two gigabyte server because they're just ridiculously fast now. So. That's really been awesome. It's all uh, 40 gig uh, network. It's all modern Intel processors. It's all native SSD storage, 24-7, 365 support, uh, seven-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, Again, I've been hosted there for, I don't even know how long, five years or more um, with about 10 servers. Andre uses it as well. Uh, So definitely, definitely highly recommend Linode. Um, And... uh, They've actually given us a, an offer code, bootstrapped20. So if you use that code, you'll get 20 bucks off 
um, when you sign up for account in Linode. So basically, uh, you can get your first two months for free, uh, or even if you're only using it for partial months, it could be last you longer than that, obviously. So definitely check that out. Offer code bootstrapped20, and we'll have that in the show notes uh, as well as a link right to that, that that applies a discount for you. So go ahead and just check it out in the show notes, click on it. Um, our big, big thanks to Linode for always being a huge supporter of the show. And uh, I really can't highly recommend them enough. We use them for uh, everything at Userscape and uh, it's been, been rock solid. So thanks a lot to Linode for sponsoring the show. And then I think Ian thought it was a cool idea because he's been saying forever that stuff in the real estate industry for a startup is a cool idea. Yeah, well, I built one of these. Like my first consulting gig was building this exact thing, essentially, of just, but just for a single real estate agency and FTPing the yeah. data and all that, like programmatically FTPing it and yeah, taking some spread CSV of random information and transforming it into the database. And I got paid like five hundred dollars to do this three months of work to build all this stuff (laughs) before I knew anything about anything. And, uh, when I was just, I was basically just learning the program, but, um, but yeah, no, I think it's, uh, it's definitely an area where there's just a lot of weird stuff that goes on and there's so much fragmentation and all these different groups and everything and nobody agrees on anything. So it's kind of, um, it does feel like there's value in there and that there's, people with money in there to some degree uh, of the brokerages and things. So, Yeah, it's, it's I, I, the brokerages I, that really need this. And, um, you know, I, I want to say, like, it's getting better. It's getting a lot better. Um, and I think this is a really exciting time if you want to look at real if you're a if you're a design agency or, you know, you're working on a product that you want to serve realtors, um, there's some really interesting stuff like that I think is going to hit in a year or two that will make it really a lot better to interact with real estate data. Um, and the Rezo uh, web organization, the real estate standards organization, um, has been doing a really great job of like making, um, making it better for developers to access data. So um, it's exciting time, man. I, I think there's a lot of money there in the industry. And, you know, we're, you know, I feel really comfortable about being in this, in this space. So how do you go about, um, so I've never sold anything this, like in such a tight niche as this, like mm-hmm. our stuff is all like any company in theory could use it, uh, which has its own kind of crazy marketing problems. But uh so how have you guys gone about marketing it? And is it just like the companies you're working with and you started just implementing it and then it's kind of gone off from there? Is it SEO or are you doing like any paid advertising or how, how are you reaching these folks here? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say a lot of our, a lot of our business comes from word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. We, we work a lot with design agencies and, and web agencies, like especially in the expression engine space, because that was our first, you know, our first plugin was that worked with the API was in Expression Engine. Mm. Um, and of course, I have a lot of contacts there. Um, so we've depended a lot on repeat business for agencies who, um, you know, they work, they use our API for one client, and then they realize, oh, well, we could do the same thing for this client. And so they sell to another client, and then they, you know, use us. Right, right. <laughs> so we, we do a lot of repeat business that way. Um, Another thing is because it's so specialized, like, you know, I, content marketing is really easy. Um, 
well, it's easier in that right. you know, That's I nice. can write a medium post. And I mean, we've gotten a lot of leads. Just I wrote this one post on medium that was basically IDX 101 for freelancers. Mm. And um, I get a lot of leads that, you know, they mentioned that, hey, they found me through that blog post. Um, so that's really, uh, that's really easy. And the other thing too, is since we're, a you know, I consider us like we're Stripe for, you know, as you know, what Stripe did for payments online, we're, we want to be that company for, um, that day, that developer focused company for real estate data. So, you know, a lot of our marketing is, is, uh, projects is open source tools and projects. We've, we've got one in the tank, which I'm really excited about. Um, that I'm going to announce uh, probably in a few weeks once we get kind of some, um, some you know, basically shake out some bugs and stuff um, that I think is going to uh, really kind of boost our profile. Um, and it's, it's going to be a really useful tool for any developers who want to uh, get their feet wet in real estate you know, and working with a real estate API. Did you uh, always know that you, like, did you approach this thinking, I need to make this for, uh, like, design agencies serving their clients who are looking for this data, or did you approach it like, MLS is a pilot trash, I need to norma <laughs> normalize it and provide it a clean way? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've really struggled with this um, because... Um, just, just trying to figure out who my customers are. Um, I think because there are design agencies who do IDX, you know, who, who work with agents, who work with brokerages, and they'll, you know, they'll go, they'll sign up with IDX broker and they'll stick an iframe widget in there, some kind of weird PHP wrapper, and, and they're fine with that. They're like, hey, this, this, it's okay. They're like, IDX is IDX, you know, it's the same wherever you go. Like they kind of have that attitude. Um, which is valid, I think they've, you know, they're making a, they're running their business based off of content marketing, usually or something else. But I just felt like there was a real missing need out there for you no know, IDX is like, building search interfaces for real estate listings can be better. Like, um, you don't have to do an iframe, you don't have to do a subdomain. You could, you should be able to, if you're a designer, a really kick-ass agency who is used to, to like developing a really great experience for their client, you know, you have awesome front-end developers, back-end developers, you know, you've got an awesome design team. Like, why should they have to compromise because of some clunky uh, widget that they have to drop in there just because, you know, they've been told to? Um, it's, it's ridiculous. So um, I think we've, we've really hit a home run, I think, with design agencies and developers who haven't worked with real estate data before. And they just, they're so turned off by traditional IDX. They don't, I mean, they'll turn down projects, you know. And so we're, we're trying to basically say to them, don't turn down this project. There is a way to do it. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of our focus, like who we're going after. So is it weird, um, is this a challenge for you, I guess I'd say, that you, you're really primarily selling to the agencies, but I assume yeah. it's actually their customers who are paying you. Yes. Right? Yeah, that is a weird, uh, that is a challenge. Like that, that creates some weird um, billing issues sometimes. <laughs> right. And that, you know, sometimes the agency is paying, you know, with their agency card. Um, and then if the 
if if their client changes agencies, you know, we've had to yeah. um, we've had to migrate them. Um, you know, in general, agencies have a pretty wide leeway. I think um, I, I think a lot of freelancers and agencies they don't realize just how much power they have, like to suggest things to their clients and uh, and sell things to their clients. So, I mean, um, you know, a, a lot of times. Um, you know, our agencies do a really good job of selling us to their clients. So have you thought about one thing just strikes me and this is, you know, I'm just throwing stuff out here now, Uh, but have you thought about the idea of it being more of a platform that you just sell to the agencies? Like it's $5,000 a year. It's unlimited everything. We don't care. And just use it in all your projects. It's just automatic. Like you don't even have to talk to your clients about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're, I guess, I guess the thing would be like maybe a, a kind of a drop in hosted v, VPS or something like a, a premium, like, hey, this is, uh, you know, this is a box we can just set up for you. And you yeah, could do I mean, it that I've way too. But I mean, even if you left it as a service, um, like obviously when they change agencies, then they'll lose it. But that's, that's kind of a separate um, aspect of it versus, the maybe you have some plan for that scenario or whatever, but uh, just making it easier for the agent, like make putting the decision in the agency level and uh, versus them always having to justify it down like into their customers. Yeah, you're talking about like white labeling it, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. right, exactly. I think when it comes to white labeling, there's a way to do it, um, but we're looking at maybe on the MLS level uh, for white labeling it because um, you know I think. Agencies and brokerages still have to go to their MLS to get access. So there, it's unfortunately it's not something we can just. I, I wish this was the case. I wish we could, you know, sort of just have an easy sign-on process. I guess of like, hey, right. you're, you know, you're you're an approved bro- your brokerage is approved. You have this account. Um, you're good to go. Like no, you know, a painless, you know, um, quick right. setup. But the only way to do that is at the MLS level. Um, and, and have the software run white labeled on the MLS, um, and give the MLS the ability to, uh, you know, approve, approve brokerages, approve, you know, approve our customers. And, and there's other API solutions now, um, you know, that, that are taking that approach, Mm. um, you know, and that's who they're selling to. They're selling to the MLSs. We, we've taken a bottom up approach. Um, which makes us different, and obviously, it's it's the way we've had to do it because we're we're two developers, and we've never we don't have the the connections in the real estate industry when we started. So, right. Um, so now we're we're working on maybe a a top down solution as well. Um, and you know, I think there's something so we can build client tools that will work with our API or even APIs that support this the Rezo Web API standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's a way to build an IDX solution that doesn't involve iframes and doesn't involve subdomains. And we're, that's what we're looking towards. And maybe that's going to be our solution of like, Hey, quick and easy sign up. You have a WordPress site, boom, sign up with us. If we have your data already, you know, um, you know, you can install this WordPress plugin and you're off to the races. You don't need to know any development. Actually, you can just. I don't know, maybe there's like a tagging system or, mm. you know, 
incorporate. And then they're not, they're using our API, but they're not, they're not knowing that the API is powering all this stuff behind the scenes. So, because so I'm going to, I'm going to push on you a little bit here because I think people get, uh, they get the, you know, it's interesting on, on the edges here. So if there's, you know, 700 MLSs, um, if the competing services that do similar products, but sell to the MLSs directly, like if they get all those customers, those 700 customers, which is not many, um, then they, your service is not needed because those MLSs will now have proper API, um, access. Right. So, you know, in theory, so I guess, is that something do you feel like I know at the same time, having worked in this area a little bit, I know it's such a crazy disaster and nothing moves fast and they're not centralized. So like, you know, so the, you know, is that a real risk or is that, is that going to happen or not happen? You know, who knows, or does like, um, or does like Zillow or I don't even know what those guys do, like realtor.com or Zillow, like, do they have some API that's like a good enough API for some of these purposes? Like there's these pretty big risks out there. So mm-hmm. I guess, uh, yeah, just curious. And yeah. then I guess you talked about it a little bit because if you just built more end tools, it wouldn't really matter what API. So there's some options there too, but maybe you could talk yeah. about that. No, this is a fantastic question. And this is something that has kept me up at night right. over the past <laughs> few years. <laughs> because yeah, I knew I ahead of time. Like, I mean, so Zillow, there was an API service that got funded and uh, created out in California called uh, Retsly, mm-hmm. uh, R-E-T-S- dot ly uh they got purchased by zillow Mm. um and i think they were the first truly uh real estate api that um had serious funding behind it and you know has serious funding behind it has like uh you know a larger company throwing its weight around um you know and supporting it um so there are seven over 700 MLSs. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, all of those MLSs support, you know, millions of agents and millions of brokerages. Um, and they all have like competing interests and they all have, there's, there's politics involved. Um, yeah, cause it's like one County right next to the other County and there. So there's a competitive oh, there, thing there, right? there can be four MLSs in a city. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, there are MLSs like that are uh, like Venn diagrams. You'll see an MLS, a small MLS inside of a larger MLS, mm. but the listings inside of that small MLS are not available in the large MLS. Right. Like, like it's nuts. Um, but the thing is, like, you know, I don't think there's going to be one software vendor, one solution that's going to capture all of the listings in the United States. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I could be wrong. I've been a lot of, uh, wrong about a lot of things in 2016. 2016 has been crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but I, I feel comfortable that, you know, we're not a funded business, so we don't have the pressure of growing fast or trying to capture like a third market share. We can do well at like five or 10% because that's still like a huge, huge market. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. enough for me to have, you know, a whole, you know, a dedicated team, a small team around it, you know, it's enough to make a good living. And then, and that's just the API side. That's just like dealing with the data. There's, there's still the tools and services. So when I started, I, I did not want to get into importing real estate listings because I knew how awful it was. I just wanted to build really good tools and really good plugins that allowed uh, developers to write, to, to build good IDX tools. And 
you know, I, I think if the industry does accept a standard API, like that is awesome for us because then the MLSs have to worry about the data and we just have to build the interfaces. And and I know me and my team, we can build like really awesome interfaces. And, um, you know, and that's where, that's I think where we can shine. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, t- we'll take both ends. We'll, we'll do stuff in both ends. I mean, have you, have you thought about go like just calling 10 of these, uh, MLSs and being like, Hey, like, you know, why don't you part, partner with us and you can ha- give this to every one yeah. of your agents, right. Or every one of your brokerages and it's $50,000 a year or whatever. I don't know the right, right number there, but, yeah. um, and then all your agents have this and they can do all kinds of look at all the wonderful, you know, stuff they can do. There's websites will be better. They can have mobile apps. They could have, yeah. you know, whatever, all those things that, um, that mm-hmm. would enable. Yeah, that's that's actually is our is on our roadmap. So the first thing we need to do is get uh, the version two of our API like certified with the new standard. We're we're in the certification process, but we're not certified yet. Mm. So in order for an MLS to really talk to us, I think they would have to see you know if we're if they're backed by the NAR, which not all MLSs are, but a lot of them you know at least follow the NAR standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would want to see us certified um it would just make things a lot easier um the other so we're in we're in talks with one mls as maybe a trial for white labeling um Mm. but it it's going to take some time because you know there's people who are looking towards the future and then there's people who are really afraid of the future um and so we need you know it's important for us to build advocates within the mls uh you know that can advocate for us to their to their team members and to their partners. But, you know, I, I, I love talking to real estate folks. I love talking to people who are in real estate technology. That's really fascinating. It's, I mean, there are people who've been working in this stuff for decades and they've been hopping around from like all the different companies. I was at a conference in Nashville and so, and I kept hearing the word incestuous a lot. (laughs) And it was just because like someone who works for CoreLogic will work there for a few years and then, you know, they'll get hired by CoreLogic's competitor and, or then they'll get hired by Zillow or then, you know, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's a tight knit group of people. Well, once you know about all the weirdness, uh, it makes sense for people to value your existing knowledge and the weirdness and uh, and try to bring you over. (laughs) I, I excel at weirdness. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be back with uh, part two of our interview with Patrick Poehler from Aneka uh, next episode.